Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to the UTH Weekly Podcast. I am Chad Parsons, joined by Katie Flower, the official podcast of UTHDynasty.com. Support the show instead of ads with patreon.com slash UTH. Get additional bonus audio content. There's a VIP strategy session every week. A lot of good stuff. Tim Torch is over there doing a waiver show with me every single week. So check that out as well as all the trade calculator rankings, metrics, and uh, articles you need to have your best season yet over at UTH dynasty.com katie uh we've got some big plate tectonics in addition to the fact that we're getting deep enough into the season uh you should have a better gauge by the week i think we talked about it last week on team direction but we've also got some big player value changes that you could explore in either direction in your various leagues and part of that goes with picking if you're a contender or a rebuilder at this point in time um First, I want to get your thoughts on Dak Prescott and the changing landscape with Andy Dalton stepping in for the rest of the year. Dak Prescott potentially being a big super flex name of could be someone you're buying if you're not contending this year, could be someone you're potentially pivoting to something else if you are a contender. Yeah, it was a brutal injury. And man, just to see him tough it out, even the tears that he shed, you know, the pain he had to have been in, that was just a brutal, brutal injury. And I, I kind of, even at the time that Tony Romo said, gee, I hope it's just a cramp, you could see that his foot was going in one direction and his ankle was going in the other direction. There was no way that it was just a cramp. How long was it? Did you, did you see it live time? I did. I only saw it on Game Pass. and it, I, I, They still showed a little, but apparently it was a long time. Yeah. Uh, he went down and... Then it took him a bit before they got the cart out there, and then he did his wave and, you know, towel over the head. And you could tell, I mean, he was done for the season immediately, you could tell. Uh, It's just a question of, will this go into next season? Here he is on a contract. You know, everybody, all the fans on Twitter screaming for Jerry and Stephen Jones to do the right thing. You know, and, and Jerry Jones has said, this man is the future of our franchise and we will take care of him so uh words are one thing let's see what happens but uh with with technology the way that it is in medicine i'm less concerned about if he will be back i don't think this is a career ender uh especially you know you look at Tua tongue of Iowa, had an ankle surgery in college and they put a, a rod in there and, and it's called a Tua. Uh, surgery now. I believe they've named it after him, but they can do so much that they couldn't do 10, 15, 20 years ago. And I think that he will be back. So the question is, uh, do you want to wait for a little bit better news? Do you want to wait for that owner to get a little bit more desperate? I like to typically wait a little bit. 
before approaching an owner after an injury like that and just let things kind of uh, organically grow into a trade offer, I guess. But uh, as far as Andy Dalton, I, I don't think he's a hot potato. I think that he's now got the reins, he's got control, he's a decent quarterback, and this is just an audition for all the rest of the teams in the league that need a quarterback. As far as I'm concerned, he's he's going to end up somewhere else when this is all said and done. And I think that he deserves to start somewhere when this is all said and done. So we'll see. Uh, if you have a chance, I had somebody ask me earlier, they're a non-contender, 14-team super flex. What would I want? For Andy Dalton, you know, basically, here's what I'm being offered. The offer wasn't bad. It was, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to say it, but it was not a bad offer, and it was for a guy that is a rookie plus another player, and the rookie hasn't really gotten off the the blocks like we would have hoped for, basically, due, due to injury. So if he explodes, if he really does um, do like what we think that he can, I think it'll end up being a big win for the guy. But as it is, it's decent value right now. Um, But I wouldn't sell like it's a must. You know, I don't think that Andy Dalton is a hot potato that you've got to just dump immediately if you're a non-contender. I think shop him around. What's that? Well, yeah, we've seen this this profile in terms of uh, a starter, you know, that's had some success and then they turn into a backup. They need time to kind of get back out there. We've seen that with almost coaches before that, you know, they end up, you know, going to be a coordinator or something or spend a little time away and then all of a sudden they're back being a head coach. And I think that Dalton could be a similar way of Jameis Winston or potentially a lower level like a Marcus Mariota. I was going to say more like a or, Ryan or, or even. Yeah, or Tannehill. Um, and then, you know, the tier below that is guys like Case Keenum, et cetera, that have, you know, been starters, but now they are some of the best backups in the NFL if they were to get an opportunity to fill in. And I think with Dalton, I mean, the sheer volume of this passing game, I mean, no, he's not going to be uh, rushing-wise as productive as, as Dak Prescott, but I, I was talking with Tim earlier tonight. I mean, this collection of weapons, he hearkened back to this uh, a moment in time with uh, Cincinnati when it was A.J. Green, Mohamed um, Sanu, Marvin Jones, and a healthy Tyler Eifert. That was the best set of weapons by far that he had in Cincinnati, and you could argue that this is as good or better than that all around one through five. You oh, know, his, I think it's better. And plus weapons. a much better running game. I think this right, is a right. good uptick for Zeke because they weren't really using him like they could have right. been. And I think well, they will now. Some of those now. red zone runs of Dak Prescott aren't right. going to be there at all. Um, and also, I, I, would, I just looked this up. I mean, they are lapping the field in terms of total pass attempts. This is not a good defense. Right. And so this is still a team that needs to play catch up. So on volume alone, Andy Dalton is going to be a top three to five volume quarterback, which is a big part of this with great weapons, with a team that's going to have to score 30 plus pretty much any week that they win. They're going to have to score that much. And uh, again, it seems like a good equation and for someone to step right in. We typically don't get this quarterback type plug and play like a running back where it can replicate a lot of what was previously done. Yeah. 
So don't treat him like a hot potato. He's right. not going to go back in a backup mode, I don't believe. Um, I believe that he will get a starting job somewhere and deserves one. And Do you, you think know, he, you would, non-contender, would you, a first and some player that you have some sort of positivity about? Yes. Is that sort of the, it needs to be that and don't venture to a second. Right. Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. And then if you are a contender that now you have Andy Dalton, be a lot more sticky in terms of, well, now I have to trade him. Really assess your quarterback situation. And you may want to give this a couple weeks to see what you have. And you know what? Dalton may be better than one of the guys you're, you're planning or have been starting ahead of him. Absolutely. I think that with that volume, he could be found money, just like Cam Newton was, uh, you know, rising from the dead. And especially if you are a contender and you've got any kind of uh, look, let's face it, there's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of stuff going on this year that is just crazy. And, you know, teams that are five and oh may just be paper tigers if they've been losing players left and right to IR. And this is found money that will just bolster your stock and keep you where you need to be. And that that's that kind of pivots me to this, you know, are you contending, are you not? And I think, you know, the four and one, five and oh, and then one and four, oh and five, those are pretty clarified. I mean, maybe one out of every ten situations that you're sitting there at one and four, you're like, well, McCaffrey should be back soon. Or you know, you might have a setting where you're like, here is a very specified case. But in general, one in four is a pretty big hole to try to dig yourself out of. So really have that heart to heart with yourself on, do you think you can come back in it? Can you win the next couple games? Because you get to two and five. I mean, it, you're, you're behind so many teams at this point. Um, you just need to really be uh, honest with yourself and honest with assessing your roster. What do I have coming back? Does the schedule get tremendously better for a couple guys where it's just, I've had a tough go here, but it needs to get better and in a hurry. Be, otherwise, you know, two, three weeks from now, if then you decide, you might be left behind in terms of selling to some of the contenders. Yeah, and I honestly have not seen a ton of trading in my leagues so far. Um, I've had a couple of people announce, hey, I, it looks like I'm not contending this year. Send me some offers. Oh, but he, the old send me yeah, offers. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. Those. But, Classified ad. Right. But even even with that, I haven't seen very many executed trades. Um, I think that this year in general, because of the up and down nature, because of COVID and not knowing if uh, Player X is even going to be available, I got lucky this weekend because – in one of our cone teams, in fact, I noticed, you know, during the middle of the late game that you had Damian Harrison, and I was like, yo, he's not even playing, and we only had Alexander Madison to sub in, and I subbed him <laughs> in, and thankfully he did okay. And then on top of that, in another league, actually three or four of my leagues, I had to not only start Alexander Madison, but Chase Claypool. And... You know, it's like sometimes when you're down to everybody's on by or injured or uh, COVID or up in the air, sometimes that's actually a blessing in disguise. And you win a game or two like that, and then your guys come back like the Michael Thomases and Christian McCaffrey and, you know, Saquon's obviously not coming back. But if you've got some guys that are on IR 
that are coming back and you're two and three uh, or, you know, even one and four, I think you can still, you've got to assess things, look at the schedule, but don't throw in the towel. This is one of those years just you're going to have to grit. And I'm not sure that you're going to be behind too much in the blocks of the trading uh, because people are still going to continue to lose people. And, and so I think that you're still going to have a market on those veteran players if you do decide finally that you're not in contention. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that a lot of up in the air and the bye weeks are just starting. Some are uh, imposed and some are scheduled. And, you know, this this is going to be sort of the, our, our new reality in 2020 for, you know, fantasy. Is there a Tuesday game? Is there not a Tuesday game? Is there two Monday night games? Uh, you know, which ones are more at risk uh, to potentially get postponed and pushed to another week and which ones aren't? Uh, that's sort of the weekly thing. And so that that's what I always say, you know, if you're sitting there and you're kind of fighting, you could be two and three or three and two, but man, I got kind of lucky. I mean, you're every week is going to be like this. So that's why uh, making sure you're, you're, you're minding the, the waiver wires who's been dropped. I mean, if I just put a, a list of all the players that have been dropped that I was able to pick up because I saw that they were dropped um, through all my leagues, I mean, it's a pretty darn good roster. And so that alone, just the pay attention factor. And if you normally spend, you know, X amount of minutes per week, this, this type of year, you got to spend X plus five, you know, I mean, for each one of your leagues of just seeing the emails, responding a little quicker. If someone says someone's available or looking to trade and it's, you know, something that fits for you, then all these things uh, add up and make a difference. Whereas, it may not matter as much in a typical year, but we definitely are not in one of those. Right. And I would also say that I think that uh, people that are contending aren't willing to shell out the big bucks for players right now either because of the uh, mercurial nature of this beast that we are dealing with this year. Uh, they don't want to tip their hand too soon on using their assets, especially, you know, it could be a merry-go-round with the player that you get now gets injured or something like that. So they're waiting a little bit longer before making a decision. Do I go all in on this season? Uh, I think I've got a great team, but uh, everything is starting to happen a little bit here and there. And so they're not, the buyer's market isn't quite as uh, aggressive as in years past. And so I think, as I mentioned earlier, patience is going to be the key this year. Patience for selling, patience for buying, and just trying to strike at the right time. Timing is going to be everything. And we've already seen it in a few cases where, you know, when you want uh, talk about a great example, Brandon Cooks, right? Yeah. I mean, you get into this week and it's like, oh my God, he got like three targets the week before. He, I mean, he, he put up a goose egg and, and you know, what do we have here? I'll never be able to start him again, but yet you circle back and this was a good matchup. Uh, I think you really have to assess, uh, you know, and, and guys right now that may fit under this ilk is someone like uh, Hayden Hurst. You know, he's sort of had, he's had a down year, you know, it, it's, it's not been overly pretty, but you say, Hey, 
uh, quality role within a quality offense and attached to a quality quarterback. That was sort of the equation for Brandon Cooks as well. And so you kind of need to keep going back to that when, you know, because a lot of times that down game, I mean, are they that bad? No. You know, they're going to circle back. They're going to have a good game. It's going to all even out to something that that probably in most, you know, iterations playing it out in simulations of here's what he ends the season with. This this is sort of a bigger picture than if you just want to look at straight touchdown regression or something like that. But it's, it's kind of like usage re, uh, regression. And so... That's why with Brandon Cooks or, uh, again, insert player here, I think A.J. Green may be a bridge too far to travel in this. Like this, there's a little more fire to that smoke. Yeah. But in terms of players in general, like Hayden Hurst came to mind, uh, you know, running backs are a little more fickle in that regard. But if if the player, again, everything sort of fits, it's not like they're playing notably through an injury. It's not that they are... Um, on a truly horrific team and someone's nipping at their heels to take their job. Uh, you know, just everything's sort of the way it is. They're just not producing as much as they have or should have or projected, et cetera. Then that's when you need to be a little more patient and don't just banish them to the bench forever. Assess them weekly uh, within the the umbrella that, hey, how would I assess them without thinking that they're finished and over and they got three targets for no yards last week? Yeah, AJ Green is the case of fool me once, right. shame on me, and fool me sixteen times, shame on me. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's I don't think that dude's coming back. We have some breaking news, Chad. Okay, is it? Well, don't I'm not watching the game, but I'm not watching the game. It's ahead. not game related. Okay, what do we got? Uh, Adam Shifter just tweeted that uh, the Jets released Le'Veon Bell. Released. Released. They tried to well, trade I him. They w- my lineup. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they uh, they had tried to shop before they dropped, but just like Leonard Fournette for six hours, <laughs> didn't seem like they, I, guess I know. Uh, well, we but they've been shopping, the shopping. They've been shopping him, you know, wow. for a year, but yeah, so is he part of the waivers? I guess. Is he part of the, someone can waiver claim him? I guess so. I don't know why not. Well, someone should be picking him up. You would think you would think. So anyway, that's uh wow. How about that? So what what would you be offering for him this week in amidst the chaos? He hasn't looked good, has he? Uh, he played one game. He I know. Part of I one know. Game. I know. But he, I guess I'm the fan of the two of us. Yeah, I mean, a second. Yeah, I think I think you could get him for a second. I think I paid a late second last week, and I was happy to do it. Yeah. Um, you might be able to give a third and somebody's handcuff. Who knows? Maybe. Um, okay. Well, yeah. So now we've got a moving piece there. I got to assess. I got to go over and look at some of the, uh, the landing spots and running back, uh, matrices of what's going on there. But, uh, but yeah, um, that's, that's big. Um, I was going to pivot to, uh, someone like Chase Claypool. What do you think about coming off a monster game, a magical game? Uh, I think he was the leading point. I think it was for all positions. I know it was for wide receiver entering tonight's game. Um, but what are your thoughts on Claypool in terms of, the found money factor. Is he someone do you think you can ride? Is he going to be an auto start? Or is he somewhere where you say the nature of wide receiver and how deep that depth chart and passing game is for Pittsburgh, he's going to be one that there's going to be plenty of variance and oscillations. And if you can get X amount, it'd be worth uh, exploring that market today. I think he's the kind of guy that... If anybody overreacts to one game and wants to pay you a boatload, I would take it. 
Um, I just don't know that that's going to happen. If you're in, if you're in a league with people that aren't all that savvy, you might be able to get them for a couple. You might be able to train them for a couple first or the equivalent. Let's say like a, trying to think like Brandon Ayuk plus a first. Wow. I would do that. I would do that oh, all yeah. day. Yes, please. Right? Um, that's the kind of deal I would be looking for, though. Uh, I, I think he is going to be up and down. I do like him, and he looked great at the Senior Bowl. He practiced hard. He looks like he, he uh, owns the part, pretty cocky, and, uh, you know, but he's physical. So with that quarterback, it's just uh, there's so many mouths to feed. What's this going to yeah. do for Juju if he is going to end up being Yeah, more to of me, the, the big picture is buying Juju. And right. I, I think I think this buy window, though, it's not central to like this week specifically. I think you could – I think this buy window for, for Juju is going to be extended in terms of like this year. I think so. I think because, so too. you know, Deontay Johnson gets a lot of work. They've got Ebron. They've got uh, James Washington. They've also got Claypool now. And, and I would just point out, I mean, Claypool had nine targets in three games. He had 11 this past week. So, uh, and also had a rushing score. So it was very, very much a, a one-off in terms of how he was used, how he was used in the sheer volume. And some of those, some of those were, I mean, they, that one touchdown, he blew by a linebacker, for goodness sake. It looked like a linebacker that didn't want to go more than 10 yards down the field, and uh, Claypool just boat raced him, and it was gone. So, I mean, part of that might be defensive-related and sort of how schematically they were able to find mismatches. So that that would be some of my whole poking. And again, I think there's a lot of good players on that offense that to say that Claypool is going to be the absolute surefire number one I think is close to what it would take uh, that he is the new alpha Oracle Omega and for the valuation that he will have in the trade market that, and again, with the late week here, we got a game going on and uh, you know, I, I don't think trading in full will really start until, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, when usually it's Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So um, it's just going to kind of push things back and it's going to squeeze that window for potential uh, deals this week. Um, and I just looked at sort of the depth charts around the NFL. I don't really see like w- one team that'd be like, oh my God, we got to go get Le'Veon Bell. Um, I do think Chicago would be interesting. Cause I was David just going to Mon- say, what about the Bears? David Montgomery is a, is, is a Le'Veon Bell type player. Um, but in my opinion, not as good of a version. Um, the Giants already addressed theirs with Devonta Freeman. So there's really not... I don't know. Maybe the Jags could bring him in to, you know, offer a a better number two than Chris Thompson. I mean, who knows? Uh, Miami, I guess. Miami could be in the mix. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Because you know what? They're competitive. Miami is forget. I'll tell you, that's the team I would not want to play right now. Yeah. (laughs) They are are troublesome to anybody. Fitzpatrick's playing well. Fitz magic. (laughs) Um, all right, and uh, what do you think? How high is too high for DK Metcalf? There's going to be a lot of, he's the greatest since blah, blah, blah. He should be this high. You know, he should be wide receiver one in dynasty rankings. Where is where is the line for you of this makes sense and this doesn't make sense with Metcalf? As far as what would I take? 
or no, what would like I pay? You, I know you don't do rankings, but like, let me ask you this: if you if there was a startup draft going on right now, like, would you be would you flinch if he were a first round pick? Would you flinch if he were the first or second wide receiver off the board? Would these things surprise you? And could you could you defend them if? you were co-owning with somebody and they wanted to do that, would you be actively saying, we can't do that? That's I'd what feel, I mean. Yeah, I would feel a lot more comfortable taking him in the second round. Uh, there's other guys, wide receiver types, like I'd still rather have DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans over him, even Michael Thomas, um, even though they're older um, I, I, I think that if he's first round, that's too steep for my blood. Okay. But if he's in the second round, especially mid to late second round, that I would don't be more. Think that's I, anything. I yeah. know, but I'm just saying if if he if, were right. right, if he were, that would be more palatable. Uh, it sounds to me if he's going to be first round pick that I will either trade back or take yeah. someone else. Okay, yeah, because that's that's I think that's what you in every league. I think you would get one person. That would, you know, that's going to build and will look at the age difference, especially if they're looking wide receiver and splash the pot with Metcalf instead of the 27, 28 year old, you know, Evans, Thomas, Hopkins, Adams types. I, I think if you got three people in the first round, especially in the back half, looking at wide receiver, I would venture a guess that at least one of them would would opt and take Metcalf there. So I don't think, yeah, I don't think the round two would be a ton of decision there. Um, so you would still have them firmly behind those guys um, yes. in terms of a team build. And I'm guessing existing league for sure, because, you know, that would likely mean you're contending. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the, so the move would be see if you can pivot potentially to one of those guys and maybe get something on top. Yeah. Like I said, if you're in a startup draft, that's a perfect spot to trade back. Uh, it's probably a pretty big tier. Uh, and if you're just thinking about trading, I would consider him first round startup value and go for the moon. No yeah. offer too big, too small. I mean, well, too small, yes, but no offer too big. Yeah, and and that's what I always say, you know, you have to kind of know the room. And this is one thing I, I think I tell somebody this at least every week. In, in talking about trading or, you know, they're kind of spitballing some ideas about selling a player or buying a player. I say part of the market is, you know, is this a hot player or a not player? And if, if you're trying to buy a stinky player, you still like them, but there's just a funk around them. You know, your, your opening foray into looking to acquire them needs to personify that. If they're a hot player, and it's tough to buy a hot player because you really got to go above and beyond. You know, it's it's sort of like you got eight guys lined up for the pretty girl at the dance. I mean, you got to bring your game, right? I mean, you can't just say, "Hi, my name's Bob." I mean, this is stereotypical talking, right. but like you, but you're gonna have to bring something. There's not something creative you can do dynasty trade wise, so you pretty much just have to bring a big mega offer. But yet, if you're selling the hot player, and you just said it. I mean, again, know it, right? I mean, Chase Claypool right now is a hot name. DK Metcalf is a hot name. So uh, I would imagine maybe Justin Herbert and Superflex is a hot name. So sensing that means you need to structure your offer as someone selling somebody hot appropriately 
so that again, like you said, aim high, aim high, and you can circle back. The other owner is gonna be like, "Wow, I got an offer in my league for uh, an offer to acquire one of these hot players." Everyone's gonna at least be moderately interested. So just know that when you go and, and shop around to many owners in your league. Yes, that's always key. And especially, and, and I think it really applies with the buying a cold player. Like if, like a week ago, Brandon Cooks, right? I mean, the bottom had nearly fallen out, or Le'Veon Bell right now. I mean, you have to kind of sense and know that I'm buying a at present a distressed asset, and. So you don't have to bring it as strong as maybe what your final offer would be. You start below that because it might be like a piece of stinky cheese they're looking to get off of their roster. And, you know, they're looking for a way out. A la, you know, I, I remember when I was selling AJ Green in a couple of these orphan situations I had a couple of weeks ago. You really have to, you know, I know I'm I know what I'm selling. And you need to know what the bare bones you would take is and if it moves that direction, you want to clear that roster spot in the next two, three days, you may have to move within 24 hours from what you would like to get or what is quasi reasonable all the way down to, well, here's the minimum I would take. <laughs> and if you get all the way there and you still make a deal, so be it. But at least you executed what your plan was. Yes. Um, so another another situation, the 49ers... Um, what's going on? I know their defense is a shell, but with their quarterback situation, I know you, I think, are among us that haven't been a big Garoppolo fan over the years. Is this one, like, super flex-wise, they're running out three quarterbacks. This is similar to Washington in terms of how many starts will we see from each person for the rest of the year? Ambiguous situation. Do you think there's ripples to the run game, the passing targets that we'll see for the rest of the year? Yes, it will affect everything. Um, this team is just in the dumpster fire, and I don't think that the starting quarterback for 2021 is on the roster. Wow. Okay. As it, much as Garoppolo they pay Jimmy Garoppolo, sell right now he's a he's a stink. I would totally sell him as as uh, he's not a hot potato per se, but if you can find an owner that's even semi-interested and trade it, make sure you get a quarterback back in the deal. And it, it could be somebody that's maybe an Andy Dalton plus for Jimmy Garoppolo. I would wow. do that all day. Yeah, that I, would I be would. very nice if you could get it that. It would. And, and I think that you might be able to. Um, I think Andy Dalton's stretch, if he's healthy for the rest of the year, is probably going to be better than anything any stretch that we see from Garoppolo from this point forward. Right, but he's the Rodney Dangerfield. And right. and uh, in a lot of people, their perception, he's a backup. And he's just going to go back into the closet after Dak is healthy. It may not be till next year, but Jimmy right. Garoppolo's a starter. I get a starter in Superflex. <laughs> right. That's a, No, I'm serious. That's how people think. I'm going to get a starter in Superflex. They'll write the ship in San Francisco. Look at what he's done in the past. And they'll do that in probably a heartbeat. Um, or, I mean, even Matt Ryan, who has stunk it up lately, you could probably get Matt Ryan plus for Jimmy Garoppolo. And it doesn't sound like the sexiest of options, but he's he's got a decent offense around him most of the time. They just change coaches. 
So we'll see where the chips fall, but I think that he's probably already at his lowest and has nowhere to go but up. Do you want to dumpster dive on Dwayne Haskins? No. <laughs> well, that was quick. Sorry, okay. but no. Uh, he Rookies and guys that are in the first couple years, he may still get another chance. But like Josh Rosen, it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate that he's had a different coach, no continuity. They're really not doing putting the best pieces around him. And it, it through no fault of his own, although he does have faults, he does have flaws. Um, no, I would much rather have the older quarterback that's done it and is a refurbished project. Um, and I, I think we have to say something positive. And I don't really have any analysis here, but talk about a guy coming back, Mr. Derek Carr. You know, we both like yeah. Derek Carr and to for them to to put one over on the Chiefs there and and Carr to be basically back to his MVP type form uh has really been a great thing to watch NFL wise but but yes you know super flex and you know one quarterback if you're running a committee um type situation going into the year um it's it's all found money because a lot of people were you know Mariota was brought in and this could be a situation where Carr doesn't even start, you know, a big chunk of the year. And now he's on pace to not only start the whole year, but uh, again, be an impactful one as so. Yeah. This is the highs and lows of uh, being a quarterback in the NFL. And I've got to, you know, as much as I gave John Gruden a hard time and all the moves that they were making and they looked like they were going in the wrong direction, Got to put my hat off to them. They've done a great job, and they have a hard-nosed defense, that lunch pail defense that is going to hit you where it hurts, continue to hit you. They're going to take out a kneecap. They're going to take out whatever they got to do, and they will. And and they've got the offense to go with it. A brand-new stadium, a lot of pride. I, I just I really like the way the Raiders are starting to put things together, and I couldn't be happier for Derek Carr. And, and that entire, I can't wait to see Brian Edwards healthy in that offense. And what can he do to contribute? Yep, great point. Uh, before I forget, and it's, again, weird. We got a Tuesday night game still going on. Yeah. So I don't think this is final. No, but it's not. But I, I do have to... I do have to say for the UTH uh, best ball contest update here that right as we stand, so this may not be final, so you may get a preemptive uh, cursing, but uh, Brian Bloodworth is uh, currently in the lead. Uh, There's a few within 10 points or so, so this could change a little bit, but congrats to Brian uh, for finishing well, regardless if it's first, second, third, whatever. Uh, Currently, he's first uh, for the week. Uh, we already talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He has him. Talk about uh, found money, uh, as we still don't have any Tua, Tua sighting um, in terms of going for that starting role at present with how Fitzpatrick and that whole team is playing. He's got a drove of running backs, got Madison in there, and we're, we're going to get a spot start from Alexander Madison this coming week. Mike Davis found money. Uh, Ronald Jones with Leonard Fournette out uh, in recent weeks. James Conner. Um, so he went running back heavy with a lot of uh, of the backup types, a lot of the UTH type names. Jamison Crowder, pretty darn sneaky as well. Um, and he got the, the big game, best ball style with Brandon Cooks uh, this past week. He's got DK Metcalf. He's one of the few people in the contest 
with DK Metcalf. And he did he did it. He potentially did it this weekend with the high score, having Tyler Eifert and Hayden Hurst with premium scoring, combining only for about 12 points for his two tight ends. Um, so well done, Brian, for a high finish. And at this point, the number one finish for the week. So we don't have updated overall standings, uh, but... Both of us are currently in the top five after last week. I think and, I uh, might. I think I might overtake first place oh, this really? week. I'm only two points behind Brian that you just mentioned, and okay. uh, the oh, guy. Oh, you might be the one taking over in first. Right. Week, I mean, I was okay. only like thirty something points, almost forty points behind. Yeah, you're and, right there. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking. Grumpy's like at two sixteen point eight, and I'm at two sixty one. So yeah, I think that I. It is I may, you. I think it is going to be you. Yeah. All right. So As we might have Katie be. in the top spot starting <laughs> next week. Hey, I'm going to try to save you some money, man, just like I always do. <laughs> Very nice. Outstanding. Uh, final thoughts, Katie? Uh, just can't wait. I got to get back to the game. It's game night, <laughs> Tuesday night. Never had it ever exactly. before. I know. They are really dominating. the. We got, we got Thursday, Sunday, Monday, sometimes yeah. Tuesday. More days than not. And then still, <laughs> you got Saturday with college. Who knows? Yep. Does the Mac still play on like Wednesdays or Tuesday? Remember they had like a one conference had a big Tuesday. I remember. There's yeah. Tuesday games. I don't anyway. know. All right. Yeah. Uh, again, this is a crazy year and, and just in general, we need to enjoy it and embrace it. And, and just you embrace the chaos and know again, every other team is dealing with the same stuff. You are the same questions about schedules. And is this player going to play? Um, I've got more players out than usual. All of this is going on for all the teams. And you know what? If it's if it's going hard against you, in three weeks it might be going hard against somebody else and and you might be running a little easier uh, in terms of the uh, RPMs on your engine just trying to stay afloat and, and trying to thrive this year. For Katie Flower at FF underscore Skyler399, I am at Chad Parsons NFL. Reminder about patreon.com slash UTH and subscribing as a general manager plus subscriber over at UTHDynasty.com. Good luck finishing up your matchups and good luck in week six. We'll hit you on the other side. Until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.